Fan Junkies Radio is brought to you by FanJunkies.net, where sports meets social networking. Welcome to another exciting episode of Fan Junkies Radio. I'm your host, Jonathan Raggis. Alongside me, as always, is the great Mike McShane. Mike, what's up, bud? Jonathan. Wow. You know, I'm just sitting back doing what I think everybody else, well, at least every other sports analyst in the world is doing this morning, and that's overanalyzing what happened last night. Overanalyzing is actually the key word today, Mike. Yeah, I've been playing Monday morning quarterback sort of thing, except it's Friday. Yeah, it, it, it was a real... Exciting draft last night, Mike. It left people scratching their heads. <laughs> it left people going, what about him? Yeah. And uh, we'll get to all of those names, also talk about our winners and losers from last night's first round, and also talk about some of the names left over for tonight's second and third rounds, Mike. Yeah, I've actually heard some analysts refer to it, Jonathan, as one of the more boring uh, NFL drafts. I, I don't know. I didn't necessarily find it boring. I think until we got down the down the line, you know. When, once it started getting down into like twenty four, twenty five, twenty six, well, then it was kind of, you know, that's when it, that's when it kind of became a yawner. Yeah, when it came out to about like the twenty third and twenty fourth pick, that's yeah. when I lost interest there because yeah, you know, some of the picks at the end were just whatever. There was nothing going on, no shockers. But from one up until about twenty twenty one twenty two, I thought it was really exciting. I agree. I agree. Uh, I wouldn't describe it as being boring at all. Uh, I actually thought it was one of the more entertaining NFL drafts I've seen in a while. I agree. And uh, it, it, listen, it doesn't it doesn't help. I mean, really, when it comes right down to it, that you know, round one goes for like what ten hours or something. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, listen. I'd rather have a draft where you have a bunch of shocks, a bunch of surprises, and deep to the point where you have a lot of defensive players instead of having two guys that are going to battle out for one and two, and then after that, it just falls into place that everybody knows about. You know, Absolutely. Because let me tell you, what happened last night, it messed up a lot of people's draft, mock drafts. <laughs> a lot of people's draft boards went kaput right after – well, excuse me, right at the number one pick, Mike. You're not kidding. At number one, and then, of course, number three kind of cemented it. Yeah, absolutely, especially a couple of the trades that we had last night. But we will talk about that. But first, let's get into our NHL hat trick picks, our hat trick challenge over at hattrick.nhl.com, presented by Enterprise, Mike. Let's jump right into it. You have a two-game lead, and I need to catch up soon because if there's no playoffs in this hat trick challenge, I am beyond screwed. <laughs> Yeah, when is it? Uh, what's the official date for the season concluding? Is it Saturday or Sunday? I believe it's Sunday. Okay, but I could be wrong. Uh, we'll we'll check into that and talk about it when we get into our NHL update later on in today's yeah. show. All right, Mike. First question of the day is: Will Thomas Vanek of the Buffalo Sabers register at least one point tonight against the New York Islanders? Vanek's got forty points in thirty-seven games played, so I'm saying yes. I am saying yes as well. Which team will win between the Minnesota Wild and the Edmonton Oilers? Minnesota, if I'm not mistaken, is still on the bubble for one of the final uh, playoff positions in the West. I'm saying the Wild. They've got more to fight for, and it's a home game for them. 
Wild as well for me. Which team will win between the Chicago Blackhawks and the Calgary Flames? I'm not sure here. Is Chicago resting people? Regardless, i got to go with Chicago. Even if they're resting, I am going with Chicago as well. So, Mike, as usual, we swim together or we drown together. (laughs) All right, Mike. Today in sports. Today in sports. Holy smokes, I almost forgot. There we go. Today in sports, I'm going to take you back to 1941. 1941. uh, Wrigley Field. First time ever that an organ was played at a baseball stadium during the game. Really? Yes. Isn't that fascinating? I like these, man, when you come up with these things. This, yeah. you know, this is some great stuff. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Right. You got it. All right. Well, Mike, now it's about that time. Let's get right into the NFL draft here. Um, real exciting for us last night. Uh, we made our picks on Monday. You went 0 for 5. I went 0 for 5 in my five picks, and you went 0 for 5 in your five picks. Brett went 1 and 5, getting the Ziggy answer to the Lions correct. Listen, Brett, uh, you know, I, I, I bow to the master. He did very well in the mock draft. You know, we all had a little kind of challenge going on by uh, NFL.com. And uh, after even Monday's show, we got a bunch of people to jump in and actually make all of the picks in the first uh, 32. Brett did very, very well. I think he came in second in uh, in that little challenge that we had going. So I give it to him. I bow to him. Nice job. I yeah. did absolutely horrible. Oh, I did absolutely horrible. I actually went 0 for 32 because those first few picks and those trades, they really screwed up my draft oh, board, Mike. Yeah, yeah. Really, well, really screwed I, up my draft board. And, you know, look, I, I had made the comment, uh, you know, on Monday when we when we went through, what, what did we do, the first 15 or something like that? Yeah, first 15 and each of us got five picks. And uh, I said, well, I was going to go out on a limb anyhow. And uh, so I knew going in that, uh, you know, some of my picks were kind of out of left field anyhow. Yeah. Well, mine were too, a little bit. Who's uh, Eagles champs? Good question, man. I do not know. I was, uh, he did very, very well, or she. Um, I don't know who some of those were. Yeah, uh, remember, when I when I created that little challenge league sort of thing, I made it public, so it's possible it could have been somebody just jumping in from the outside. Uh, it might have been somebody we know. I know. I thought the same thing in light yeah, of the game. I think, uh, you know, looking down the line, I think it might be our very good friend Jeff Perini from Beat the Shark. Oh. Hey, Jeff, if you're listening, you got to call in, man, because holy smokes, you did very, very well. Huh. All right. Well, we shall see what happens. Yeah, well, all right. We'll have to query him on that one. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so let's jump right into it, Mike. Uh, let's go over some of these picks, um, and then a little later on we'll go over uh, some of our winners, our losers, and uh, you know what? Why don't we grade the picks as we go through them? All right. We can, For, we can do that, yeah. First pick, Kansas City Chiefs. Everybody thought they were going to take offensive tackle Luke Jokel out of Texas A&M, but they turned around and took Eric Fisher. Not shocked, because we kind of heard that, you know, yesterday that that's where they were leaning towards. Yeah. Uh, we mentioned it as well. Where do you grade that pick for the Kansas City Chiefs? Well, I said, I said if you recall on Monday, um, I think it was near the end of the show, too, I said it wouldn't, nothing would surprise me in this particular draft. And, and while it had been talked about for, what, Jonathan, a good three, maybe four weeks, that Luke Jokel was going to be the automatic number one, I had made the comment, it wouldn't surprise me in the least if Andy Reid went completely in a different direction. Yeah. Uh, and as you, as you just pointed out, this this was the rumor we started hearing at about lunchtime yesterday was that, in fact, 
Kansas City was going to go with Eric Fisher. Uh, by later in the afternoon, it had been reported that Kansas City had, in fact, already told Luke Jokel that, in fact, they were going with Eric Fisher for the number one. Yeah. So it was just a matter of waiting for it to happen. In my particular opinion, and, and you tell me what you think as well, I don't think Kansas City could have gone wrong with either one of them. No, no, I don't, absolutely not. I don't think they could have gone wrong with either one because they they desperately needed an offensive tackle, Mike. Right. Either one is a good, good pick. I like both Luke Jokel and Eric Fisher, but i got to say I like Eric Fisher better. But I would why? grade this at least possibly a B-minus for Kansas City. Well, and in fact, I uh, in my mock draft, and this might have been a little bit of wishful thinking on my part, I actually had Eric Fisher going for it, thinking that perhaps maybe uh, Deion Jordan – uh, would go a little bit higher, uh, thinking perhaps maybe uh, a Dean Milner might go a little bit higher, and that would have left Eric Fisher around for my Philadelphia Eagles. Um, uh, I, I agree with you. I would actually grade Eric Fisher a little bit higher than Luke Jokel. Uh, I'd love to hear from, uh, I, I guess, the folks over at Casey or Andy Reid as to why they felt that way. Yeah. Um, but uh, I would agree. And you're saying you give it a what grade? I I give it a B minus. You give it a B minus. I'm looking at the grades that you sent over to me this morning that came from WalterFootball.com. They give it a C plus. Interesting. Yeah, I give it a better grade than that. So. I would too. I would too. I would give it a I would give it a better grade than that. Okay. All right, man. Let's go into the second pick here with the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Luke Jokel. Mike, I gotta go right off. Right, right, right on it, right here. I gotta give it an F because this was a hole the Jaguars didn't need to fill. I agree. There was a lot of talent here for the Jaguars on defense. They could have went with a Deion Jordan. They could, you know, could have went with a Shara Floyd. They could have went with a Ziggy Ansah. But no, they turn around and take Luke Jokel at a position that's really not of high value. There was a lot of names that were going to be left in the second and third round at the tackle positions that they could have taken. To me, they really bombed here when they could have taken a really big defensive name that they needed. Instead, they go Luke Jokel. Yeah, well, you know, Jonathan, there's, you, you hear two schools of thinking when it comes to the draft. And, and you hear it from both GMs and coaches, at the two unique different schools. And one is you either draft for need or the other school of thought is you draft based on the best player on the board. And it appears that what Jacksonville did here was they did not draft to need. They drafted to what they considered to be the best player on the board. Yeah. I would agree with them that Luke Jokel was probably the number two uh, uh, best person on that board at that particular time. So they did it that way. I would agree. With, see, if I were a GM, I'd be I'd be drafting to need. That's how I would go with it. I'm well, that's what with. you need to do. You need to draft to need just because he was the best available player there. But if you don't need to fill that spot, there's no need for it. You know, to me, I think they should have taken a Dion Jordan. That's what they needed. Or, you know what, even if they went offense and let's say took a Tavon Austin at that spot. Who knows? But right, right. Say, like I said, I gave that an F only because they took somebody that they really didn't need when they had a high-value pick. They should have traded down if that was the case. I, I agree with you. Uh, I agree. But, like I said, you, it's two different schools of thought uh, when it comes to this. And I've heard both expressed. Yeah. I've heard general managers, head coaches say, you know, both of those things, that you don't go to you don't go to need you go to uh what's who's the best player on on that on the board at that particular time absolutely let me just throw out here real quick just as a as an aside 
uh, John John Leary uh, in in our chat room from Sports Blogger Radio Radio was uh, asking, uh, and I've I've asked this myself, and, and Jonathan, maybe you have an answer to it. Um, I've asked this for a couple of years now. If nobody knows who's being picked, how the hell do they get those jerseys with personalized with the names on the back when they come out? Oh, they make them up there. They have somebody they're doing. Well, you didn't know that. Okay, wait a minute. They have somebody doing them. How how quick in advance? Oh, those are iron on letters, man. They press them right on. All right, so they're doing that. They could do that within a matter of a couple of minutes. Oh yeah, once the pick is in, haven't you? Didn't you see last night? It said the pick is in, and yet it still took about six to seven minutes for them to announce it. Trust me, to press those letters on right in the back there, they got plenty of time to do that. All right, I, I kind of, I kind of surmised that was the case, but. Yeah, if I there was one come on, then I would say, hey, you know, uh, you got a really quick seamstress back there. So I was gonna, it, it's it's pretty good, and, and you know, here's the thing too that I would, and and there, John, you got your answer, all right. So, uh, and and I was curious about it myself, but they, they do give good job because if you notice as they came out, the font styles are perfect. Yeah. Oh no, they are absolutely. Well, you know, they got the fonts for each jersey, so they know what they're doing. Let's get into the third pick here, Mike. And uh, it was supposed to be the Oakland Raiders, but the Oakland Raiders traded back to Miami for the 12th and the 42nd pick. And the Dolphins take Deion Jordan, Mike. I love, love Deion Jordan. Yeah. I like this pick a lot for Miami. Yes, I do too. I don't know how Miami is really going to utilize him in their defensive scheme, but Miami really wanted Deion Jordan. I have to grade this a B- minus as well. For Miami, because I wanted to see how they're going to be able to utilize um, Deion Jordan in their defensive scheme. But love Deion Jordan, and you knew I was a big fan of his. Well, I, listen, I don't think any – I don't care what your defensive scheme is. I don't think there's a defense out there that would go wrong with Deion Jordan on it. Let's put it that way. So, uh, yes, I, I, a big plus for Miami. Uh, Oakland, can you say dumbass? Uh, there's no way if I were Oakland I would have traded out of the third spot. Yeah, well, Oakland uh, traded down. They got who they wanted. Um, but they got another pick, so they're uh, loading up on picks here. Um, actually, I believe we got Brett calling in right now. Hey, Brett, is that you, man? It is. How are you guys? Hey, nice. very good, Brett. Thanks for being with us. I was just praising you, dude. Nice job. I, I heard. I heard. That's the only reason I called in. I, I heard you, uh, <laughs> you, you screaming my praises, and I figured I should probably be here to allow you to do it in person. <laughs> yeah. Mike already has a picture of you in his wallet, Brett. So. Uh, he had one of those before today. It's actually signed with Love Taylor Swift. There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> it is if you're signing your name Taylor Swift, man. <laughs> well, you know, actually, you called it at the right time because now it's the fourth pick, Brett, and it's, uh, you know, you and Mike, you're both big Philadelphia Eagles fans. Let's talk about this. With the fourth pick, the Eagles took offensive tackle Lane Johnson out of Oklahoma. Brett, let's go to you right away. How did you like this pick? What would you grade it? Uh, you know, I really like the pick a lot. I think the Eagles need it with Todd Harriman and, uh, and Jason Peters uh, where they're at. So I think this was a smart move. I think he was the best guy at that spot. I was hoping for either Lane Johnson, uh, Ziggy Ansah, or Deion Jordan for one of the three. Um, you know, I, I do like Lane Johnson. I didn't know, know much about him before yesterday, but right around lunchtime when the whispers started coming out that the Eagles had a lot of interest in him, I started to, to look up a little more, and I was listening to some talk radio, and they were talking about him. And one word that I saw in so many scouting reports about Lane Johnson is the word freak. They called him an athletic freak. 
in Chip Kelly's offense, you got to love a guy like that. And uh, one of the other things about him is that he's a pure athlete. In high school, uh, he was a starting quarterback for four years, which is uh, crazy. First year of uh, college, he actually moved over to tight end before moving over to left tackle. Yeah. The guy is so fast. If you want a guy who can uh, who can who can pull on screen passes, on uh, on tosses, the plays that we're going to see a lot of in Chip Kelly's offense, I think we got the absolute right guy to pick for. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Mike? All right. Uh, you know, far far be it from me to dispute Brett because, for God's sake, he did so well in, in making the pick. But <laughs> please uh, say that no, again. <laughs> I was not impressed with this pick. Now, having said that. Um, I will concur with Brett. For everything I've read is indicates that this guy is fast, that he's mobile, uh, that he's got great lateral movement, and this is exactly if, in fact, this is the kind of offense that we're going to be seeing from Chip Kelly, which is what's been surmised, then, in fact, I would agree he's probably going to fit in really, really well. I think, this is my personal opinion, I think we could have gotten Lane Johnson a little bit later than a, than a fourth pick. Um you brought up something very interesting, Brett, and I, I, I'm going to go back to it time and time again as we continue to watch Lane Johnson grow. You made the comment that you didn't know much about him before yesterday. Absolutely right. Where the hell did this guy come from? All of a sudden, he just struck me as being one of these overhyped draft picks that was overvalued. Uh, I don't know if I would say that. I mean, uh, most of the mock drafts before yesterday had him going in the top – 10 to 15, somewhere in there. With this draft being so stacked on offensive and defensive linemen, I think that if the Eagles did not take Lane Johnson there yesterday, I think that Johnson wasn't going to make it past five anyway. Even if they would have traded down, I mean, there were whispers yesterday of a few teams. Uh, I believe Cleveland was one of them. Arizona was another. Teams that were that were thinking of, and, and the Chargers, of, of trading up to number four just to get Lane Johnson. Uh, yep. You know, I actually think that we got a, a really, really good player here. But the interesting thing, as you just pointed out, that a lot of the mock drafts previously had him going anywhere in the top 10 to top 15, and then all of a sudden he shoots up to number five. I would agree with you come draft day yesterday, perhaps maybe uh, he wouldn't have been around had the, uh, say, the Eagles drafted back to, say, the number nine or number 10 spot. Maybe not yesterday, but earlier, yes, they would have. I still contend that I think Johnson might be a bit overhyped. Well, we'll only find out, and we'll find out this season especially for a guy that only has a couple of seasons of tackle experience. So that's a you know big deal right there. Let's go into the uh, fifth pick here, Detroit Lions, and uh, our very own Brett Clendaniel here got this one right on the head. Uh, them picking Ziggy Ansa, defensive end from BYU. Mike, what did you think about this pick for Detroit? I, I really kind of thought – I was a little bit surprised. I thought that Detroit would go uh, offensive line. That's where I thought it would go. A lot of people go. did, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is why this kind of surprised me a little bit. I really think what Detroit needs to address, and, and obviously we've got the second and third and multiple rounds coming here, um, but Detroit's got to address the offensive line to give Stafford a little bit of support. Yeah, absolutely. Brett, did you like this pick for Detroit? I absolutely did like it for Detroit. Uh, that's, that's why I picked him as Detroit's pick on Monday's pick or on Monday's show. Uh, you figure the Lions have uh, both Kyle Vandenbosch, Cliff Averill, both of their defensive ends from last year are gone. They really needed somebody to fill that spot. Ziggy Ansah with this guy, you're getting a guy who is, number one, he's he's explosive. He's extremely athletic. He's very, very fast. Um, another guy who in a lot of the uh, in, in a lot of pre-draft uh, coverage was labeled as a freak. This is a guy that can pretty much do everything. He can probably drop back and play, play the joker position as well. 
you know, I think they got a great pick in Detroit and, and put him next to Ndamukong Sue. I think that you're going to have one of the scariest defensive lines in the NFL this year. I agree. Cool. All right, number six, Cleveland Browns taking Bark Mingo, a guy that the Jets were hoping would fall to them at number nine. Instead, he's now going to Cleveland. Not sure if he wanted to get back into college football instead of going with Cleveland, but he is now a Brown. Uh, Mike, what did you think of this uh, pick for Cleveland? Well, again, I think this is one of those picks, uh, Jonathan, where regardless of need, uh, you know, and we talked about that, the difference between, you know, addressing need or addressing the best player on the board. Uh, regardless of whether Cleveland can make the case that, oh, yeah, we need somebody like this or they don't, um, there, there's no doubt about it. Cleveland's a better uh, team with Mingo on it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Brett, what did you think? Was Mingo a good pick here for Cleveland, or do you think they should have maybe taken one of these, uh, and I'm doing a quotation marks in my fingers, higher-rated quarterbacks that didn't go? You know, I, <laughs> that was a question I was going to ask you guys when I initially called in. I'll get back to that after uh, this pick. But, you know, I do like Bark Bingo. He was very, very impressive at college. I did get to see a lot of them out of LSU. Uh, I do like the pick, but I didn't expect them to go this route. Um, I really thought Mingo was going to fall. I think the Jets were targeting him. Yeah. Um, I really thought that, that Cleveland was going to go somewhere on the offensive side of the ball. Now, with that said, getting back to my, my original point, I really, felt, I really felt that Cleveland was going to be one of those teams that was either going to trade up to go after a, a Geno Smith uh, because there were rumors beforehand that, that they were possibly trying to get in the number three. They thought Philadelphia right. really had, was going to go after Geno Smith. So I expected either of them to do that, or if it got to their pick and Geno Smith wasn't taking, taking I expected them to actually move down and try to get a quarterback later on in the draft. So this pick kind of shocked me from that standpoint. With that said, uh, you know, Bark, Bark Mingo, he's, he's phenomenal. You know, he played in the, in the strongest division of college football, and I, you know, I think they're gonna they're gonna like him over there. Yeah. Yep, yep. Only four sacks though for him last year, so a little bit of a uh, drop off from uh, Bark Mingo. But let's talk quarterbacks real quick about Cleveland though. At the sixth spot, you know, they could have traded down if they wanted to, or went quarterback and still probably got a few good defensive ends in the later rounds. Yes. Was this an opportunity blown by by Cleveland to bring in, let's say, a Geno Smith or even a Ryan Nassib? I don't. I don't think it's fair to say that it's a blown opportunity. I mean, we we don't really know yet, and I really didn't expect a quarterback to be taken in the first round yesterday. I thought that, that if one went, I thought it was going to be Ryan Nassib to Buffalo. Uh, right. Obviously, I think that the, that the Bills really had the, the shocking moment of the draft, dropping down and taking EJ Manuel, who many thought was going to go in the second round. Right. Um, I think only that pick and and the Cowboys pick of Jonathan uh, Frederick, I believe his name is offensive linemen, uh, I think those two picks would be the picks that would, would probably be the weirdest of the draft for me. Most places had Frederick going as a projected late second, early third round pick. The Cowboys actually, they took him at, at 31. So as far as quarterbacks go, I don't think there was any quarterback actually worthy of a first round draft pick this year. There's nobody that, that you can look at on tape that you could actually say, okay, this person's going to come in and they're going to make a difference right away. Um, I don't think EJ Manuel is that guy either. No, uh, specifically out in Buffalo. But if I were Cleveland, I wouldn't have traded down. I think at, at kind of where you're at, um, unless you were sure about somebody, you kind of had to take probably the best guy on the board because there really wasn't that difference maker. And I think that's why I would say that it wasn't a blown opportunity uh, by Joe Banner and his staff out there in Cleveland. Well, look, let's remember, too, uh, the only reason that there's been a lot of talk about a quarterback for Cleveland is because this new regime is, quote, unquote, just not high on Whedon. 
Now, the bottom line is uh, I think Whedon has yet to actually show anybody what he's truly, truly capable of, and I think he's a very good, a very good serviceable quarterback. I think this is a situation where this quote-unquote new, new regime wants to put their stamp on it. Uh, but, you know, as an outsider looking in, you've got to ask the question, really, does Cleveland really, really desperately need a quarterback at the number six in a first round? Huh. You also have to remember, Browns do not have a second-round pick as well. So, To me, I think they could have got a little bit of more value out of this by uh, trading down. With that number six and grabbing a number uh, two as well, you know, yeah, uh, you know, possible. around two pick I as well. I think that if they want a quarterback as bad as a lot of people are saying, I think they'll find a way in around two tonight with Geno Smith, Ryan Ness, and Matt Barkley all available there. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility at all for them to jump in there and, and possibly target one of those three. Yeah, with a lot of those guys now available number two, you would have to think that if the Jaguars pass up on an Asib or a Geno Smith or even a Barkley. And, uh, you know, if they don't get that pick, they they don't get the number two tonight from the 49ers. You got the Jags and Eagles there. One of them is going to pick Geno Smith or Ryan Nassif tonight. Mm-hmm. I would think so. I yeah. actually have to jump off here really fast. But, uh, to, but Michael, I wanted to ask you really fast. What do, sure. what do you want to see the, the the Philadelphia Eagles do tonight with the third pick of the second round? Uh, I'll tell you what I'd love them to do is get Nassif. Really? Yep. Yeah. That's, I love this I'm, I'm holding out nice for – I'm holding out for uh, for Jonathan Cyprian. I would really like to see, yeah, uh, maybe Geno Smith, but Jonathan Cyprian. Uh, he's the guy that I would really, really love to see here. I think Nassib could run the uh, Chip Kelly offense better than uh, Geno Smith could. Interesting. Very interesting. I don't know. You guys well, thanks, might. Thank you guys for thank you guys for having me on. I appreciate it, and, uh, and I'll keep listening in. Thanks, Brett. Thanks, Brett. thanks guys. Take care. Take care. <laughs> All right, man, well, let's keep it on here. We'll uh, run through these real quick, Mike. Uh, we've got 34 minutes left in the show. Uh, Arizona Cardinals at the uh, seventh spot, taking guard Jonathan Cooper out of North Carolina. Um, a lot of people didn't like this. Jonathan Cooper is a very, very good service, you know, serviceable guard. It's probably going to be a very good one for uh, many years to come in the NFL. But was this the pick for Arizona to make? You could have gotten the same thing, I think, a little bit later in uh, in, in, in the draft. Um, this is all about, in my opinion, this is all about making sure we got protection for Alex Smith. Yeah, Cardinals picking 38th tonight, which is the sixth spot tonight, too. Yep. So they could have yep. offensive as well there. St. Louis Rams with a uh, big trade moving up to that spot. Uh, they traded their 16th, 43rd, 78th, and 222nd pick to Buffalo for just the eighth pick, Mike. And they turn around and take wide receiver... Tavon Austin out of West Virginia. My opinion, Tavon Austin is a smaller wide receiver. Do not like his size for the game. Think he'll be a very good second slot receiver, Mike. But I think they gave up a lot for Tavon Austin. Um, still a very good target for Sam Bradford. What did you think of this move? Okay, um, I, I'm now listen to me now and mark my words. This, in my opinion, was the blockbuster move of the night. I think this was a great move by the Rams. I think that you they made I think they made the best pick of the entire evening right there. And I give I give I give the Rams a lot of guts and a lot of credit for doing exactly what they did and shaking the dice and 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 going and, and rolling it and going with this. Yeah. I think you're going to see Tavon Austin is going to turn out to be one of the best things that the Rams have ever done. You watch it, he's going to be a standout star. Yeah, we'll find out. All right, my Jets here at number nine, taking cornerback D. Milliner from Alabama, Mike. Uh, didn't mm-hmm. see this coming. Yep. 
uh, thought he would drop deeper than this. Yep. I wanted Jarvis Jones here, Mike. Um, it didn't happen. What did you think of the deal? Yeah, yeah, Jonathan, talk to me about the Jets, man. I I I was not impressed with their I, with their picks. Listen, if Milliner did not have all of those surgeries, I think this would have been a phenomenal pick. Considering he's already had five surgeries in his career, that's a lot, Mike. Yeah. For a college guy. That is a lot. That really, really worries me. But who knows? D. Milliner could come in here and play really good with Antonio Cromartie on his side, who's going to take over and play against the number one right receivers. That leaves D. Milliner to take on the lesser receivers from other teams with a good safety behind them like a Dewan Landry. Right. It could well, work, Mike. It let's could go back, work. Let's go back to our Monday conversation that we had with uh, uh, Crystal Presti. Uh, a great point was made. You know, this first round, this first round for the New York Jets, from the fan base's perspective, particularly the 13th pick, that was going to be your uh, Revis, your Darrell Revis pick. And you know, I don't know if you got uh, the quality for what you for what the Jets uh, parted with. Yeah. I mean, even when you go down and take a look at the 13th. All right, at 13, you picked up uh, Sheldon Richardson. Which I, I I wasn't happy about, but as I watched a lot of video and I read a lot of things about him, I think Sheldon Richardson is actually going to be the much better pick than D. Milliner. I do too. Yeah, I do too. Only uh, because he can switch between that four three and three four, and as we all know, that's what the Jets love to do. Exactly, is switch back and forth. But now you got Sheldon Richardson and two guys who have been making big names for themselves in the NFL in Muhammad Wilkerson and Quentin Copples. That front defensive line, I think, is is going to be better than it has been in many, many, many years, Mike. Right, right. So, but we'll see what happens with D. Miller. Which was which with both picks, there weren't any boos from the Jets fans in New York last night. Um, I thought I heard a few with the with the a little bit Miller. for Richardson, but I think it was more of a shock that they took Richardson over, let's say, a Sheriff Floyd who was still on the board and Jarvis Jones. Right. D. Miller, though, they applauded it. I was very shocked. Well, now, in the grading that you sent over to me uh, on this, with the number nine, uh, Dean Milner got a C plus, yeah. uh, but with the 13, Sheldon Richardson gets a B. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, telling you, a lot uh, of people it, like Sheldon Richardson a lot, and, uh, you know, I guess you got to give it to John Isaac. He stuck with his draft board. So like, I guess. You know, but we'll find out. I mean, who knows? You know, some of these guys can be, who knows? Uh, you know, Deion Jordan could be a bust at number three, you know? Tavon Austin could be a bust at number eight, and the Rams gave up their entire draft for him. So, yeah, yep. we, you know, we can only see what's going to happen, Mike, and we can only hope best as Jets fans. Uh, number 10, Tennessee Titans taking Chance Warmack. Mike, I like Chance Warmack. I, I, I'm not, you know, to me, Chance Warmack's okay. I like uh, I don't think he's. I don't think he's deserving of a number 10. No. Uh, that's just my personal No, opinion. I thought he was going to go down further. Absolutely. And, yeah. and uh, you know, we're going back and forth over this. We talked about some of the ones that still are on the board, ones that were projected to go in the top top five, what have you, that are still hanging out there that are left around for round two. Uh, and you take a look at somebody like Chance Wormack, and, and again, I kind of go to the Lane Johnson concept, is he overinflated? It's a possibility. Once again, we'll find out. See what I mean, do. For they do need people count, you know, uh you know, to uh, protect Jake Locker. So. Well, yeah, and for Tennessee, they, I, I think this was. I think they look. They addressed the need. All right, we're going to keep going to that. They addressed. They could the have got that need in the later rounds. Agreed. Yeah. 
All right, number 11 with the San Diego Chargers taking offensive tackle, DJ Fluker out of Alabama. What did you think of this pick, Mike? Huh? <laughs> there, there's my response, huh? <laughs> uh, uh, you know, uh, grading it out, uh, I, I see it's getting a B-. minus. I look at it and go, um, all right, look. Uh, I, I, I think I, it was waste of a pick there for San Diego. I, yeah, look, I'm not in San Diego's war room, so I don't know. Um, and I, I honestly, I don't get a chance to see San Diego all that often. But on the occasions that I do, it seems to me that they had some other needs that I think they could have addressed first. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's see where are we going here. Number twelve, Oakland Raiders traded down. I, this pick kind of blows my mind because the guy is such an injury risk. But they take cornerback DJ Hayden out of Houston. How? In a hell, Mike, do you pass on Sheriff Floyd at the number 12 spot? Yeah, right, exactly. He was ejected to go to you at number three. Yep, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, see, I didn't understand the whole move to for Oakland as I as I started out at the top. You know, can you say dumbass? I wouldn't have moved out of the number three spot they, to begin with. They wanted Hayden. You know, they targeted Hayden. They knew they can get him lower, and they got an extra pick out of it. I guess for that, you can give them props for, but the DJ Hayden pick in a hole was, I, I thought, awful. There's no doubt about it. They addressed the need. All right, Oakland had a need at the cornerback position. They did that. They addressed it. They did a good job from that particular standpoint. I still have difficulty and trouble with Oakland, of all teams, uh, moving out of the three spot. Now, I'll keep saying it. Absolutely. All right, Jets pick. We already talked about Sheldon Richardson at number 13. Number 14, Panthers taking defensive tackle. Starlo Tulele, Mike, who I had actually going to the Eagles in my draft. Uh I like this pick for Carolina. Because they have a lot of holes on their defense, and they got a really good defensive tackle here. Uh, I agree. I think that they did well. I think they were lucky that uh, Lutalele was still there. They had their pick between Lutalele and Floyd. So. Yep, yep. I, I think that they got, I, as you point out, uh, Jonathan, I think there were a lot of people that were thinking he was going to go uh, earlier than the 14. So, uh, obviously, when they drafted it out or when they looked at their, their draft board, uh, they obviously they had uh, star up there higher than uh, Sharif Floyd, uh, and so they got their. They, listen, they couldn't have gone wrong with either one. Let's put it that way. Yeah, absolutely. All right, this is a pick I really, really like, Mike. I thought he was going to go higher than this, but he goes at number fifteen, New Orleans Saints, who we all know always needs a safety and has holes there. They take Kenny Vaccaro from Texas. There, I, I I think that was a smart, smart move by New Orleans. I couldn't agree with you more. I when this when this uh, call was made, I sat here and I said, "Wow, great move for New Orleans." Yep, absolutely. Fantastic. Yeah, Kenny Vaccaro is a perfect fit for New Orleans. Yep. All right, and and in our WTF moment of the night, Mike, <laughs> the Buffalo Bills take EJ Manuel, quarterback from Florida State. What? Yep. Well, you know, I said we would talk about the surprises, you know. This uh, is a surprise. You know, the, the, the winners, the losers, the surprisers, and the honors. Yeah. You know, no one, there isn't anyone, I don't care who you are, that wasn't surprised by this one. Yeah, I now, mean, this is a project. Now, you, you okay, I'm sitting here, and, you know, when the call was made, I'm clapping because I'm saying to myself, oh, my gosh, that's going to leave Ryan Nassib for the second round with the Eagles having the third pick in the second round, maybe my Eagles can get Nassib. Then I'm sitting here thinking about it and going, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Mike, this was the guy that everybody had said was going to Buffalo. If Buffalo opted out, what's wrong with Nassib? 
Ah, uh, you know what? I I honestly think they went with Manuel because they want him to uh, take the back seat and work on him a little bit. I think honestly, by bringing in Nassib, I think Nassib could have took over the quarterback spot immediately, Mike. I agree with you. And, agree with but you. they got money now invested in Kevin Cobb. I think they were a little worried about that. <laughs> you know, but then again, it is Buffalo, and Buffalo does stupid things, and this was a stupid move. I I. I easily give this a, a, a NF plus. <laughs> uh, uh, if I could give it a Z, I would. Another team with money invested in Kevin Cobb. Yeah. Um, uh, what did they? What? What did our boy? They're they're grading this one. They give it like, a Millen Uncle Ruslan's loser kielbasa grade, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's go to number 17th pick real quick. We're going to run through these really really quick here, Mike, because yep. we only got 17 minutes left. Uh, we'll just say love it. Or hate it, yeah. right? Or neutral. Um, I love this one because I, I, I think teams like the New York Jets screwed up by leaving this guy out there. And a, a brilliant move, Mike, by the Pittsburgh Steelers at number seven, taking Jarvis Jones. I love it for them. Love the pick. Wonderful move for Pittsburgh. I agree with you. Absolutely. San Francisco at number 18, taking safety. Eric Reed out of LSU. You know what? They needed to do it. They had to get a replacement for Deshaun Goldson. Right. It's a good move for them. Absolutely good move for them. Uh, Dallas, can you say dumbass? There's no way I would have traded out of 18. No, not at all, especially with the 49ers, man. You know? uh, well, and, and look, they, Dallas has got needs of their own, and they're not addressing them. And they could have very easily at 18. Oh, easily, especially with guys like who was there, Shara Floyd, Mike. Yep. All right, number uh, 19 pick, New York Giants taking offensive tackle, Justin Pug. What do you think? Huh? <laughs> really? What? Justin, they, 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 Justin Pugh, I, I'm serious. I, I sat here and I went, what? Are you kidding me? <laughs> what? <laughs> All right. There it is. There's my reaction. 20 Chicago Bears going guard. Kyle Long, that was another, huh? It was. Uh, yeah, it was. Uh, they probably. Guys like uh, Brian Urlacher? Kyle Long, Kyle Long would have been there in the second round. Yeah. All right. This was another, huh, but I like the pick. 21 Cincinnati Bengals taking Tyler Eifert, tight end Notre Dame. What's going on with Gresham there, Mike? Are they going in the two tight end scheme? What do you think? I think they are. I think that's the indication, certainly. Um, I think it's a good move for Cincinnati. Um, I, I, I think it's only going to enhance uh, Dalton. Oh, that's exactly what I said to Brett last night when he texted me saying Eifert went to the Bengals. I said, love the move for Dalton. It's going to be yep. good. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, love, I'm not going to say love it, but I do like it going Desmond Trufant, cornerback from Washington here, Mike. Absolutely. I think, it's, I think it's a missing piece for Atlanta, and I think they addressed it. There you go. Yep. They're addressing need. They did a good job. Good pick. Yep. My winners of the first round, Mike, taking going 23 here. Taking Shara Floyd, Minnesota Vikings. Love, love, love this move for the Vikings. Outstanding. There had been talk earlier that it could have been Manti Teo. I think Teo, I could have seen Teo uh, wearing the purple and the gold. Hey, uh, but, uh, but they did a much better job, I think, by taking Sharif Floyd. You still might see it, Mike. Who knows? I think you could. Number 24, Indianapolis Colts taking Bajon Warner. What do you think? Good move. I like it. Good move. 25, Minnesota Vikings. Once again, I'm saying my, the, the Vikings won this first round, hands down in my books. Quarterback Xavier Rhodes, love it for them. Yeah, I, I tell you, you know, it was interesting earlier in the day, I was hearing that, hey, who had control of the draft board for the entire evening? It was the New York Jets. Lo and behold, come on. 
and Minnesota working late in the round. Yeah, got to love it for them. Another good move here. Green Bay Packers uh, like this a lot for them. Number 26, they take Detone Jones, defensive uh, end from UCLA. Yeah, good move. Good move. Another move I really like, Mike. I, I I love these late round moves because a lot of these guys drop down because of the stupidity of the teams in front of them. Correct. Houston Texas at number twenty seven, taking wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who I had going really early on in the first round. Yeah, and again, addressing a need, Houston is now getting more dangerous. Yep, absolutely. Another real good move. Twenty eight Denver Broncos filling the hole. Defensive tackle Sylvester Williams from North Carolina. Very good. Very good move for them. And Minnesota Vikings trading with. The New England Patriots to get number 29 in the draft, Mike. Three first-round picks for them, and they take wide receiver Cordero Patterson. Gives them another target after getting rid of Percy Harvin and getting a lot of draft picks for him. Second-best wide receiver in the first round on you know on the board, in my opinion. They did a phenomenal job. Uh, had St. Louis not gone up and gotten that uh, early pick and made that trade, uh, I wanted I wanted St. Louis to actually get uh, Patterson. Uh, good move on the part of Minnesota. Uh, I'm telling you, I agree with you, Jonathan. I think Minnesota m- might have just won the first round. Yep, absolutely. I, I they definitely did hands down, no doubt about it. Uh, number thirty, the St. Louis Rams, who got Tavon Austin earlier on, goes offensive linebacker with Alec Ogletree. Very good pick for them, Mike. They had a good draft. Yes, uh, that one made sidekick very happy. Yep. 31, Dallas Cowboys, who uh, traded down guard Travis Frederick? Huh? Why? Because it's Jerry Jones? I just don't get it, Mike. You tell me, man. It makes absolutely no sense why they would go Travis Frederick here when they could have probably went Travis Frederick in the third round. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think anybody was really going to take him that, you know, in, in, in the first or even the second round, so that, that really... Uh, that was kind of a curveball there from Dallas, but then again, it is Dallas, Dallas and man. it happens here. All right, with the last pick of the draft, we have the Super Bowl champion, Baltimore Ravens. Good move for them taking safety, Matt Elam out of Florida, Mike. Absolutely. Good Absolutely. move for them. Good move, so, that's right. I agree. Ozzie Newsom, man, he, he he knows what to do. He really does. Yeah, our our grading our grading gave the Dallas Cowboys a million high price scoreboard uh, that makes people blind to a kielbasa grade. Yep. <laughs> To kill Boston. Uncle Ruslan. <laughs> All right, man. Let's uh, look at some of, uh, some of the plays that weren't drafted that are left over for the second and third round starting tonight. Running back Eddie Lacy out of Alabama. A of course, surprised by that. Uh, yeah. First time since 1963, no running back, no running back so but taken in the first round. There was no holes. We talked about that weeks ago, Mike. We didn't think there was going to be a running back going because there's no holes. Correct. I think it also though goes to the fact, uh, Jonathan. That it's a proof again, this is a passing league. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you right now, if Atlanta could not get Steve Jackson this offseason, I think they would have taken Eddie Lacy. If not, I think they would have taken, um, what's the other guy's name? Giovanni Bernard out of North Carolina. I thought Lacy could have been a match, too, for St. Louis. Yeah, you know what? I could have seen that. Yeah, I, Especially after they lost Steve Jackson. Yeah, I, exactly. I definitely could have seen that. Yeah, absolutely. Might still be. Might still be. Might still be. We'll definitely see it because he's there. Uh, as we know, Geno Smith, Ryan Nassib, uh both out there. If um, there is a little luck shining down on my Jets, I'd love to see them get Nassib if he falls, but I just do not see it. I do see them, though, however, taking Geno Smith, and it's going to bite me right in the butt, and I'm not going to like that, Mike. <laughs> um, we also got Jonathan Cyprian. Yep. Uh, safety from Florida International. We got linebacker Arthur Brown, and of course linebacker Manti Teo is here in the second round. Mike, it, 
it could be a steal there for somebody. I have to say it. I would agree. Um, I'm not. I'm not shocked that Teo, uh is in the second round. Not shocked at all. Uh, am a little bit surprised that Geno Smith was simply because of all the hype. Yep. Let me tell you right now. I see Manti Teo going number four tonight to the Detroit Lions. I see a good fit there. Ooh, ooh, that's an interesting. Yeah. Just looking at the boards right now, seeing it. Also, we got Matt Barkley, USC quarterback. Still out there. We have a tight end from Stanford, Zach Ertz. Could the Jets possibly go there, considering they need a tight end? Keenan Allen, wide receiver out of California. Also, Justin Hunter. And Kevin Minter, linebacker from LSU. So there are a very good names. Mike. It's, it is a deep draft for people who have holes to fill. Yeah, yeah. And, and I'm going to tell you, I think the second and third round actually could be a lot more, oh, let's see. Let's put it this way, uh, entertaining. Yep, absolutely. Starts uh, 6.30 tonight with the Jags picking first, followed by the 49ers, your Eagles, the Lions, and the Bengals in the top five. To go top ten, we got Cardinals, Jets, Titans, Bills, and Raiders, Mike. So we'll see how it goes tonight, and we'll talk about that on Monday. And uh, hopefully we'll get to see our good friends John Lobb and Justin Cudworth. Get drafted in one of these later rounds, One Mike. of these later ones, yep. yep. Would be nice. Would be real nice. It would. It would. It would be, be kind of neat. Yep, absolutely. All right, well, that's it for uh, the first round of the NFL draft. We'll get to the later rounds on Monday when we come back, Mike. Uh, we'll be fun. Looking forward to that, to see uh, some of these shockers. If there's been any more trades, we'll find out today. Yep. All right, man, let's talk a little bit about the NBA playoffs, Mike. And it's shaping out to uh, look really good for me right now. Let me just yeah. make sure we got our things here so I can go through them. Let's talk about last night's game. Uh, Miami Heat, 104-91 over Milwaukee to take a 3 nothing lead. We both got Miami in the sweet mic, so that's yep. nothing shocking right there. Right. The Bulls with a 79-76 win over the Nets to take a 2-1 series lead, Mike. And I have Chicago winning in seven, as do you. Yeah. Yep. Uh, me... You know, boy, this is turning out to be a really, really – uh, interesting uh, uh, playoffs uh, matchup. These Let days. me tell you, if they had a healthy Derrick Rose, yeah, Nets would not have a chance right now because Deron Williams does not look good. I agree with you. I agree with you. Grizzlies with a 94-82 win over the Los Angeles Clippers last night. The Clippers have a 2-1 series lead, Mike, and we both have the Clippers going. You have them going in five. I have them going in six. So the Grizzlies winning makes me look even better right now. Yeah, and uh, at, this point, at this point right now, uh, the, the Clippers can't lose another one. <laughs> no, they can't. Well, at least for you anyway. Tonight's games, uh, Knicks versus Celtics with Knicks up 2 nothing. Boston. Well, Celtics going back to Boston. That's going to be big for them to get back to Boston. Spurs and Lakers tonight at 10.30. Spurs lead the series 2 nothing. Mike. We both got the Spurs going to round two. You got them going in four. I got them going in five. Knicks, we both got going in six. Nuggets and Warriors, it's just turned out to be a really good series, Mike. Yes, it is. Tied 1-1, one, one, and I believe they are in Golden State tonight. So correct, correct. That's going to be real good. We, uh, let's see where we got here. I got Golden State going in six. You got Denver going in seven, Mike. Right, right. So hopefully Golden State will win again tonight. Let's talk NHL and NHL playoffs right now, Mike, because the Eastern Conference is completely done now. Yeah, After exactly. last night, Ryan Callahan's overtime goal winner against the Carolina Hurricanes propelled the Rangers into seventh place and into the NHL playoffs, thankfully. Western Conference, though, 
the seventh and eighth spots, Mike, they're still up still for grabs up. there. Three oh. teams. Correct. Three teams. But let's look at the bracket for the playoffs in the NHL, and I believe they would go like this if it happens. Um, Islanders would face Pittsburgh, Rangers against the Bruins, Ottawa against the Capitals, Montreal against the Maple Leafs. Does that look correct, Mike? Yes, it is. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Rangers still could drop to the eight spot. Islanders still could move up to seven. Could. Yes, they could. Okay. Yes, they could. If so, it went tonight, that's what it would be. Your preference uh, for your Rangers, Boston or Pittsburgh? Boston. Okay. I Honestly, I'd rather have Boston or Pittsburgh and not Montreal, Mike. Yeah, I, 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 I hear you on that one. John Leary from Sports Blogger Radio is right in the chat room. No, I don't want the Rangers in the first round. Oh, you know why I want Boston in the first round? Oh, <laughs> with Yager, man. Yager, I think, uh, could really propel them to uh, some wins there. So I agree. He's, he's, he certainly has turned out to be uh, quite, a, quite, a, quite a pickup for him late in the season. That's for darn sure. Yeah, it was funny. I was on uh, Twitter the other day, and Yager scored a goal, and some guy goes, wow, this Yager guy is really good. I was like, where have you been for the last <laughs> Where have you been for the last years? Are you uh, Taki? This Jogger guy is pretty good. Yeah, how about that? Yeah, so I was like, how long have you been an NHL fan? He goes, oh, my whole life. Yeah, and you guys in his 50s, maybe 60s. You oh don't know Jogger? You, you only only saying he's that good now? Oh, dear God. Yep. I like that. John just said, the guy is a noob. All right, let's talk uh, about the Western Conference here. Everybody's in there except for Detroit, who's in seventh right now with 54 points. Minnesota at the eighth spot with 53, but tied for Columbus with Columbus, Mike, with 50 yeah. points. Columbus still has a chance here, Mike. Um, we kept saying it. How in the world is Detroit fighting for an NHL playoff spot? Well, and Minnesota's got two games remaining uh, where both Detroit and Columbus only have one. Yes. So I, I, I would have to give a little bit of an edge here to making to at least making the playoffs to Minnesota uh, over uh, Columbus. Yeah, absolutely. I t- I totally agree. Um, I I I see it shaping up as Minnesota going into that seventh place, Detroit taking eighth. I think Columbus is just going to miss it. But I wow. think so too. You got to give a lot of props to Columbus. Oh, no doubt about it. Uh, and you know they've done it kind of quietly, Jonathan. Yeah, you know we had on uh, Columbus Blue Jackets assistant head coach Dan Hindout earlier. Um, you know as it was still in the lockout, and he said a lot of guys would need to play in order for them to do real good. And a couple of the guys that we spoke to Dan about that I said myself that I would think would need to have a big season, and he agreed with, didn't have a big season. So you would have to wonder if those two uh, two or three guys had really, really big seasons for Columbus, if it would have looked a little different. And maybe they could have been up in that sixth spot right now, Mike. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, no, you got to get, you know, you tip of the hat and, and, and you know, give them, a, give them a round. I mean, Columbus did a nice job. Oh, they, listen, and they deserve it. They deserve it right away. But you know what? They still have a chance to get in. You know what? We can't discount them yet. So I mean, I for one would actually – I'm going to be honest with you, Jonathan. I, I kind of, I, I'm kind of rooting for them to get the eighth spot and knock Detroit out of there. I want them to get the eighth and knock Minnesota out only because of those deals to uh, Sutter and uh, Zach Parisi. I hear you. I had a feeling that was coming. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. A little bit of an MLB update before we go off air here. we got a little bit over eight minutes. We want to plug some things here. Out in the AL East, Boston still at the top, Mike, 15-7 and record with a two-game win streak right now. They're 7-3 and in their last 10, but Baltimore 7-3 and as well. They're right behind them with two games 
uh, re, uh, excuse me, two games back. Yep. Kansas City, Mike, uh, five and five in their last ten. They are at the top of the AL Central. Eleven. I know you're very happy about. Yay! Yep. Game and a half in front of the Detroit Tigers. Come on, KC. As well, yep, definitely. AL West, the Texas Rangers are up at the front of the heap with a 15 and seven record, seven and three in their last ten. LA Angels five and five. They're still floating at 500, Mike. Oakland, uh, Oakland A's four and six in their last ten, huh? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. Let's go with the NL now, Mike. And at least Atlanta Braves still up there with a four and a half game lead over both the Nationals and the Mets, Mike. Seven games back are your Philadelphia Phillies. Atlanta fifteen and six record, five and five in their last ten. Best record in Major League Baseball right now, playing seven fourteen ball. Uh, five and five, however, in their last ten. Um, of course, they had to play a couple of those games out there in Colorado in twenty three degree weather. So, yep, it hurt a lot of people. Same same thing with the Mets, Mike. Who knows this? Listen, uh, it, it it hurt me watching them. Yeah, <laughs> hurt the pitchers pitching. I, I I can tell you that much. There were, there, there were sixty five mile an hour pitches in in one of those games. Can you imagine? Uh, yeah, because people's hands are ice. Exactly. <laughs> uh, all right, man. Now, out in the uh, NL Central, we still had a tie there. Uh, Pittsburgh's only a half game back. Uh, 13 and 8, St. Louis Cardinals, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Out in the West, though, Colorado, 14 and 8, 6 and 4 in their last 10. Milwaukee, uh, excuse me, Milwaukee, I meant to say, in the Central, who was on a big 9 game win, uh, 9 to 1 in their last 10, lost, uh, how are they in fourth place? In the central there. Nine and one in their last ten. They're currently eleven and nine. All right, which means that Milwaukee had started out two and eight. Yeah. But they're starting to heat up, so that could be something to look at. Uh, very interesting, very interesting. Set out in the NL West, Colorado, fourteen and eight, six and four in their last ten, but Arizona and San Francisco are right in their tails, Mike. And I want everybody to consider, as I just pointed out, Colorado has dealt with nothing but horrible, miserable home weather, almost from the beginning of the season on. It wasn't just this most recent snowstorm. Uh, I think they had snow earlier in the month out there. Nine and three at home, Colorado is uh, in, a, in, a, in a division where I think a lot of people thought, oh, it was going to be a runaway uh, for San Francisco and the Dodgers. Good job, Colorado. Yep, absolutely. Let's look at this. Now, uh, leading in the uh, home runs for the AL is Chris Davis of Baltimore, but he actually is tied with J.P. Arencibia from Toronto. But he's cooled off big time since that hot start, Mike. Yeah, he has a little bit in the past couple of weeks. Absolutely. Justin Upton, who I loved the deal for Atlanta, and I knew it was going to haunt my Mets for probably years to come and be our new Chipper Jones. 11 home runs. He's really on fire, man, with his bat right now. Yeah, well, that's, you know, Atlanta. <laughs> RBI leaders, though, in the AL and in the NL are two catchers, Mike Napoli of Boston and John Buck of the New York Mets, Mike. Boy, Mike Napoli, he's doing that quietly, isn't he? Yep, 26 RBIs for Napoli and 22 for John Buck. How about that? Something special, man. I'm telling you, man, I like John Buck. I, I loved him coming in that deal for already decade, and I said it, and I'm very, very happy because he's got uh, seven home runs as well. Yeah, uh, listen, I like the way baseball is looking right now. I really it, do. A lot of surprises. You know what? A lot of people made some trades, man, and a lot of people didn't like the trades, but yet the trades are starting to work out for a lot of teams. It looks really good. Yeah, there's only one thing. I, I, I know John's in the chat room. The only thing that I want to see is I want to see Baltimore get ahead of Boston. <laughs> It'll happen. And, and I know John will uh, be happy that you said that. So. 
Uh, All right, Michael, that's it for our uh, NFL Draft Week here. Uh, you know, before we do anything, I want to thank uh, University of Richmond quarterback John Love. We also want to thank uh, Eastern Michigan linebacker Justin Cudworth and former NFL player and agent Perry Ray for joining us this week, and uh, as well uh, our good friend Brecklin Daniel for uh, joining us twice Absolutely. this week as well. Yep. Great, great stuff. We will do a review of the draft on Monday, but we'll have other things to talk about. We promise you, the fans who aren't fans of NFL, oh, we'll get what's the matter with you? <laughs> exactly. What is the matter with you? A couple of things to plug. Uh, May 6th, we'll be joined by WIFL owner Ray Blanchett yet again to uh, talk about the future of the WIFL. And also, the day before that will be the tryouts down in Lakeland, Florida. And we will also um, push the Philadelphia and New York City tryouts in August. Mm-hmm. Um, our 100th show, Mike. Um, May 10th, coming May 10th. up. Coming up real, real quick. we got a couple of really, really good guests um, joining us that day. will be former NBA player and one of our favorite Guys that we had here on Fan Junkies Radio, uh, Chucky Brown will join us to uh, talk a little bit of current NBA and NBA playoffs. Uh, we also might have former NHL referee and another one of our favorite guests here on Fan Junkies Radio, Kerry Frazier. And we also will have a couple of other guests. Yep. But right. those will be a surprise, Mike. Yeah, May 10th now. Is that, what is that, two weeks? Is that two weeks today? Two weeks from today. Two weeks today, okay. Two weeks from today, our 100th. 100th. Can you imagine? Episode. Holy smokes. It's going to be good, man. Time flies when you're having fun. It really does. It really does. It seems like we just started it yesterday, Mike. It and really ready does. Going a year strong and 100 episodes, Mike. I couldn't I couldn't agree with you more. It does actually feel like we started this whole thing uh, just yesterday. Yeah. It's crazy. But great, great stuff. Um, before we leave, just want to let everybody know, Frat House Sports Radio tomorrow. Yep. Mike, you won't be hosting it. No, I'm actually going to be up at City Field uh, for my first uh, Mets game. The Mets are playing my uh, my uh, Philadelphia Phils. And, uh, what team you like? Yeah, <laughs> uh, Sidekick and I are going to be heading up to that game, um, and so therefore, uh, my daughter will be hosting uh, Frat House Saturday here. That is awesome. Looking forward to that. We'll definitely be listening. So remember, tune in tomorrow with for Frat House Saturday with. Frat House Jen Machine. You got it. Frat House Jen. That'll be at 1 o'clock Eastern Time. Awesome stuff. And as always, FratHouseSports.net. Get over there and check out the great content going up by our very own Mike McShane, Sidekick, and the rest of the crew. Great stuff. And as always, FanJunkies.net, where sports meet social networking. 100% free. It's like Facebook, but better because it's for sports fans and nobody else. So get over Try it out. It's free. What do you have to lose? Good stuff. stuff. All right, everybody. Well, that's it for today's episode. We hope you all have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. We hope your teams actually pick better than the Dallas Cowboys tonight. (laughs) For our Cowboys fans. Uh, So for Mike McShane, I'm Jonathan Raggis. We'll see you all tomorrow for Friday Saturday. Have a great weekend.